0: Jameis Winston wants to get paid. Nothing wrong with that, but can the Bucs still afford him? And it's championship weekend in the NFL. We've got Titans at Kansas City, and the Packers are at the 49ers. We'll break down those games and more on this Football Friday edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, uh, if you're like me, you're probably tired of paying these high electric bills, I mean, even though, uh, you know, It's winter time, right? But my air conditioner is running all the time down here because it's been so hot. Well, listen to me now. If you want to save 90 to 95% off your electric bill, call my friends at May Electric Solar. They're a locally owned company, and May Electric Solar is the safest solar available, and they don't use high voltage like other companies. And May Electric Solar has a 25 year warranty on all equipment and labor. They have a full showroom that's open weekdays. You can see their quality products. Now, May Electric Solar has been around for 12 years. They've earned a great reputation with their customers and their peers. And there's other solar companies out there imitating them and trying to use their great name. But remember, they don't use subcontractors, and they do not subcontract for any other company in any way. So everyone knows it has to be May all the way. Let's stop the insanity of these out-of-control electric bills and start saving now. Call the real May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, before we get into championship weekend and the NFL, some great games, of course. We're almost to Super Bowl 54 in Miami. Only a couple games left in this NFL season. Uh, I want to talk about a uh, story I did. You can read it on TampaBay.com dot and in the Tampa Bay Times on Jameis Winston. No secret that uh, he's going to become a free agent unless the Bucks uh, lock him up to a long term deal or maybe franchise him. And the word is, and, and the Bucks are a little fearful of this. I can tell you this is that uh, you know he wants he wants to get paid and not just get paid for one season, which the franchise tag is around $27 million. That's enough of a commitment right by itself. Um, but he's looking for a long-term deal. Um, you know, He's 26 years old. He's played five seasons now as a starting quarterback uh, under his rookie deal and then the club option. But you know what? He's coming off a year in which he led the NFL with 5,109 passing yards and he threw 33 touchdowns. Those are club records. Now, we, we can't ignore the 30 interceptions, but let's just stick with that for right now, and uh, you know, I mean, to be a free agent in this league is is really the goal of every player. I mean, when you when you come to the NFL, obviously it's a it's a dream for a lot of guys that have played football since they're eight or ten years old. Um, but it becomes a business and it becomes your livelihood and and the way to secure really generational wealth is to get to that free agent contract, especially if you're a quarterback who's a starter in this league, the way Jameis has been for five years. Um, and, you know, before you say, well, wait a minute, uh, what, what kind of money are we talking about? The the figure that's been tossed around NFL Draft Network and some others is $30 million. Now, you know, there's a lot of ways to cut that up, right? If you said to yourself, you know, the franchise tag is $27 million, but that's just on a one-year deal. Now, if you're going to do a multi-year deal, um, assuming that, you know, each year salaries go up, you could see where something would average around $30 million or maybe be guaranteed that. I mean, Kirk Cousins, who's a guy I always go to uh, because he's done one of the last free agent deals, he's 31, but he signed a couple of years ago a three-year $84 million contract that was fully guaranteed. So $84 million and $90 million is not a big hell of a lot of difference three years down the road that we are uh, since Kirk Cousins did his contract um, because as the revenues go up in the NFL – the player costs go up as well since they own a, a big piece of that. And and that's sort of the contract for the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. The problem is is that, you know, Jameis has not achieved as much in terms of record. He hasn't been to the playoffs. He had just one winning season. And the Bucks have a lot of things they want to get done. Now, they do have money under the salary cap. That's the good news. They have $94 million um, sort of to play with. Uh, right now under the projected 2020 salary cap. But they've also stated that, you know, this is not going to be a very good football team unless they're able to lock up some of the 19, 19 free agents that they have on their own team that they would like back. And, of course, that starts with Shaq Barrett, who could cost you anywhere from 16, million, million. They've said that he's a priority. You can't let him leave Tampa Bay after you brought him in here on a one-year deal and he led the NFL in sacks with 19 and a half. He has to come back. And then you have guys like uh, outside linebackers Jason Pierre-Paul, who you know missed six games with that cervical fracture, but then in ten games he produced eight and a half sacks. He's been a highly productive guy, um, with twenty-one sacks in the last two years for this football team. Then you have Carl Nassib, who's also a free agent. You know another part of that defensive line, uh, a younger guy, twenty-seven years old, a little harder contract to try to figure out what he could get in free agency because of his age, but still produced, you know, six sacks in each of the last two years. And Ndamukong Sue and I I talked to uh, a number of people within the Bucks organization, uh, including Todd Bowles, it looks like, and they're hoping at least, that Ndamukong Sue wants to play again. Um, you know, he was on a one-year deal. He replaced Gerald McCoy for $9.5 million. Seemed to play pretty well. I mean, they were happy with the way he played. The team was number one against the run in the NFL, put him next to, Vita Vea who got better, so they would like to have Sue back. So Arians has all these priorities in terms of you know keeping guys together on defense, along with his stated uh, desire to extend the contract to Chris Godwin, who's going to be a free agent after 2020. Um, and Godwin has certainly earned that. Pro Bowl receiver, you've got Mike Evans at uh, on one side. So how much can you come up with uh, for the quarterback, particularly if you're talking about, a long-term deal. Now, you know, for Winston, it's more about you know, sort of his his camp, if you will, his agent Joel Siegel, who hasn't really begun talks yet with the Bucks. That's the one thing I want to make clear: is that they've not had really the first discussion, at least formally, um, about about Jameis. I think the, that the Bucks are still in the process of of evaluating, you know, who's behind door number two, as Bruce Arians has said. And then also, you know, trying to determine whether or not they want to do this again with Jameis. I mean, I think B.A. And, and his staff poured a lot into Winston. It was his first year in the system. Generally, he would hope the interceptions and turnovers would come down. Um, but some of the same mistakes were being made over and over again. So for, for Winston, um has to be pretty confident that if he was out there as a free agent, he'd get a lot of nibbles. But, Steve, I don't know really with the teams that – are in a position, this is a big free agent quarterback class, right? Starting with Dak Prescott, I mean, I would assume he'll at minimum be franchised by the Cowboys, but you still have Tom Brady. We don't know what Drew Brees is going to do, whether that means retiring. Teddy Bridgewater, um, you know, a lot of guys uh, that, that Phillip Rivers that are out there potentially. Um, And I was just going through the list of teams that might need a quarterback that aren't necessarily going to draft one. It's not a big list. You know, if you, if you go through it, the best one I could find were the Carolina Panthers. Yeah,
1: you got the, you got the Chargers Wilson. if Philip Rivers if they move on from yeah, Phillip Rivers. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. the Chargers
0: there. The Dolphins pick fifth, but they're in a position where they might could get the second best quarterback mm-hmm. if, if Burrow goes to, to to the Niners. Um they obviously would want to improve over Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen. Um so maybe they draft a quarterback. The Bears, they seem to be committed to Mitch Trubisky for at least Another year, um, maybe if Brady left, Belichick would be in the market, but he's not going to tolerate well, the turnover. And what
1: will be interesting is if Brady leaves, and I think he's mm-hmm. the more particular one, does a yeah. team that you don't think needs a quarterback now sign Brady, and that That's starts right. a domino effect too?
0: Well, it could. Because a different yeah, quarterback
1: absolutely. now becomes available if – and mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know who it is, but let's say it's a team that you're not thinking of they're ready to move on. from. Maybe it's the Bears with Trubisky, right. and, and they sign – Tom Brady mm-hmm. trying to upgrade that position, thinking they've got the other pieces around there, and Trubisky's right. now available, or that you know, and it, it, yeah, or if let's say it's the Bears and it's Philip Rivers, they sign because they just mm-hmm. think he's better than Trubisky, even though they're right now they're committed to Trubisky, but if they could get him now that right, it all of a sudden makes there's you know more openings for quarterbacks, there's another so. player
0: yeah there's another player out there and 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 you know that's that's part of the projection when you go into free agency trying to figure out. You know, are teams targeting um, you know someone in the draft? Are they are they looking for a free agent? Are they looking for both? You know, at minimum, you, you talk about the quarterback position and sort of budgeting. I mean, how much can you spend on it, right? We've seen uh, in the past whether it's been Atlanta or uh, New Orleans to some degree, even though they've won the NFC South for three years in a row. It's difficult when you're paying your quarterback twenty five, now twenty seven million dollars, certainly thirty million dollars to eat up that much at one position. But you would think that if Jameis Winston does come back, even on a one-year deal, they're going to have to spend a little bit of money on a backup, right? I mean, Tennessee was fortunate they got Miami in a trade to pay most of, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill's salary, uh, all but you know maybe two million of it. So, uh, but they were still paying Marcus Mariota last year, but they only had to pay two million of Tannehill's uh, Tannehill's salary because Miami was picking up the other five or six or whatever it was million, and so uh, actually it was much more than that, and so. You know, the quarterback position cost them, you know, what, $28, 20, $25, 26000000 Well, if you're going to pay your starter 27 how much can you get in the backup? And you would think they'd want somebody um, who is capable as opposed to, hey, we're worried about him looking over his shoulder. That I wouldn't think that would be the case next year. So the quarterback position budgeting how much for that is, mm-hmm. is going to be a calculus they have to have. The The biggest takeaway I got from all of this uh, is that, you know, this football team, you know, the other thing, if you bring Jameis back and you can't re-sign, let's say you re-sign shack Shaq Barrett even and it's, and you bring Jameis back, but you can't get a, a, another pass rusher, okay, like JPP, or you can't get Sue and JPP back, or you can't get Nassib and Sue or whatever it is. All of a sudden, you know, he's playing on a team that can't stop anybody, you know, that that's – uh, not as good on defense. And, yeah, you, you're going to draft. You're going to go to the draft. I think you're going to draft some defensive linemen. Uh, you certainly need to address the offensive line because you don't really have a right tackle. Um, but it's very difficult to to put your quarterback in a position to win, no matter what you pay him, if you're then going to lose a bunch of these free agents. I mean, Brashard Perriman they'd like to keep. I don't think they can afford him. I think he probably displayed too much talent and will probably get too much as a free agent for them to bring him back as a third wide receiver. But that's okay because you can draft a wide receiver or you already got Chris Godwin, you got Mike Evans, you can make better use of O.J. Howard, hope he plays better. Um, you'll find you know, Scotty Miller's on his team. You'll find a way to fill that hole. Um, but there just are a lot of needs that they need to address, the safety position and others, that it's going to be hard to try to figure out. If Jameis's people really believe – um, that this is his big bite of the apple, and I, and there's no reason for him to not think that, right? I mean, I would go into it with that expectation. I, mean, I know people are down on him and the turnovers, and it's a real thing, and he's not going to be there for everybody. Um, what's what the Bucks are trying to figure out is where is the market for him? Like, what team are we thinking about here that would that would want Jameis Winston at that kind of money? You know, where could he get uh, a guaranteed, um, you know, eighty? for dollars $85, $90 million contract on a three-year deal. And uh, I can tell you where I don't think it'll be, Tampa. I don't think they're going to guarantee him that many years at that salary. Now, maybe if he were to come down um, below the franchise level for a couple years, well, that's the that thing might is, be an option. Is,
1: look, I mean, he may be saying they want $30 million a year now. Yeah. But you could go to him and say, we'll do a four-year deal. We'll guarantee $24, 25000000 a year.
0: Yeah. And you well, know that's, where I mean, it's possible if
1: you're willing to guarantee money longer,
0: right? Then they may be willing to come down from that number, right? Exactly. But I mean, I think the bigger thing is that he's he's going to want a multi-year guaranteed deal, right? Probably mm-hmm. at least three years, mm-hmm. I would think. And I don't blame him for wanting it. I, I really, I truly don't. I think that these guys, you know, get one bite of the apple sometimes, and they they see um, other players that that uh, may not be as good as them, but they, you know, I mean, again. Um, Kirk Cousins doesn't throw the interceptions, and he's one and two in the playoffs. Maybe he never wins a Super Bowl, but you know he's able to win a lot of games and get them there. And and you know he's on a team with a better defense and a better running game. So you know there's a lot of, uh, of ways to cut this up. But I, I will say this: I think a couple things. One, I don't think the Bucks have decided now who makes the decision is going to be interesting too. Obviously, Jason Light uh, drafted Jameis Winston; he's going to be a big part of it. Um, but I got to believe that that ownership. Uh, has to listen to Bruce Arians, and so does Jason. I mean, let's be honest. I, you know, just based on his own record, if BA isn't here, I don't know if Jason Light is a GM. I just don't know that. Um, so, you know, BA would seem to have the power right now. Um, he's the guy they have to listen to, and so I think from that standpoint, he's going to be making the decision. And then it's up to ownership to, you know, what do they want to do? And I think they'll listen to their head coach. If the head coach says we're okay. Let's re-sign our defensive guys and move on from Jameis. That's what they'll do. If there's a way that he says, now, you know what, it's not much better behind door number two. We're better keeping Jameis, even in the short term. Maybe they franchise him, and then we'll see if, how Jameis reacts to being franchised, if that's what they do. Um, but it's a lot of money, and that's the big takeaway from all of this, is that the Bucks and others think that he really believes that there's a big payday out there. And if he can't get it here... He'd prefer to – he'd like to get it someplace else. So uh, the Bucks have the cards, obviously. They can always use the franchise tag. But if they do that, they better have a, a deal for Shaq Barrett because you can't afford to lose him. And there is a transition tag. You know, you can you, – you know, right now until they get a new CBA, they actually have, you know, two ways to keep them both with a franchise tag, which guarantees them top five money at his position, transition tag, top ten money, but it's not exclusive. Somebody can sign them to an offer sheet, et cetera. Um, don't want to get in the weeds with that, but I think that the goal will be to get a deal for Shaq Barrett, uh, have that absolutely on the table. And then, you know, how much money you got left over and then just decide whether you can work with Jameis on something longer term, uh, or if you want to franchise or move on. And, uh, right now I don't, I don't think that's decided, but I think Jameis's demands are not going to be small. They're going to be big. Uh, and the Bucks may be a little dismayed by the sticker shock, and they may even believe that that, that payday is not out there for them in free agency. I've seen this happen. I don't think it will work with a quarterback, but I've seen other players. Doug Martin was one who made it to free agency because they couldn't agree on what his value was, and he made it to free agency, and that settles it, right, because then the agent is able to, you know, teams hate it when you do this, but you can shop offers, right? I've got this much from Houston. I've got this much from this team. And and then they can kind of reach an accord and say, well, you know what? He'd like to be here, but we've proven that we can get, you know, so much money from Team A or Team B, so now are you guys willing to pay that for him to stay or a little bit less for him to stay in Tampa? And that's what happened. Doug Martin went out there, had an offer from the Oakland Raiders, uh, and it, it ironically ended up with the Oakland Raiders uh, after he left here. Uh, and, you know, the Bucks were able to re-sign him uh, to about a $6.5, $6.5, $6 and a half, six and a half, 6 6000000 dollars deal, something like that. Um, but I don't think that works with a quarterback. I think if the quarterback makes it to free agency, you got to believe he's gone. Um, but there's always a chance that they could disagree. He becomes a free agent. They both look around, and then maybe Jameis and the Bucks decide, yeah, you know, uh, we'd like to stick together, or you break up. And um, well, here's the I thing: I don't see it getting yeah, to that.
1: When a quarterback hits free agency, you can't wait around for their decision. Right. You know, because all of a sudden you don't have a quarterback. And so you've got to be talking with every other quarterback too. That's a free That's agent. correct. You know, Absolutely. you can't just we sit there and go, Well, no. you go ahead and shop around, then we'll talk no, and no, no, no. Because, it's a, it's, because you what. have to assume that quarterback's gone, so you've got to be you have to. talking and negotiating and, and possibly signing. Very a free proactive.
0: Agent. I mean Yes. Yes. Unless yes. you, you know, don't.
1: unless you're you know, unless you're the Cincinnati Bengals and you know you're drafting a quarterback number one overall, True. then you don't have to. But if you're the Bucks and Jameis hits mm-hmm. free agency, you've got to sign another quarterback.
0: Look, it's musical chairs. Free agency is musical chairs. And, 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 you know, you're going to rank these guys the way you do in the draft. You know, I'm sure they have a list. And mm-hmm. maybe Tom Brady's at, at the first of it. Maybe Drew Brees. No. Maybe neither of them are number one for their needs. I yeah. don't know. They're going to check their but, sheet. Yeah, they're going to check your sheet. I'm the best bar none. And so they're going to try to find the best bar none. And, and you know what? That list changes. Cam Newton, what's going to happen to him? Are, 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 is the new owner and David Tepper and, and, and uh, Mike Rule and or Matt Rule the new coach going to say we want Cam Newton back? Well, he's on the books for a big number. If they release him, they got to suck up two million dollars in salary cap, which is nothing compared to what they owe him. So all of a sudden, now Cam Newton becomes a free agent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe another guy like Tom Brady goes back to New England, and Drew Brees goes back to New Orleans, and now Teddy Bridgewater becomes available, or Drew Brees retires and Teddy Bridgewater is staying in New Orleans. So it, it is it's a it's you know um, there, there's all kinds of of different possibilities but you're right if you get if you if you leave the house don't expect to come back in here there might be somebody else uh, you know sleeping in your bed but I mean it's just the way it goes you can't be left out in the cold it's it's a uh, mm-hmm. you know it's it's definitely uh, one of those deals so quarterbacks uh, are like
1: goalies but, in hockey it's hard to trade them yes it's hard to yes. do because there's two per team. Take the number of teams, 31 in hockey currently. You know, it was hard for the Lightning to trade Louis Domingue this year. And mm-hmm. and they didn't – before the season, they couldn't get it done. They finally did it, you know, early into the season. And, and you know, after they had signed Macklin, because there's, there's just only so many positions. There's only, you know, there's 62 goalies in the NHL, period. Then you've got some at the AHL. But quarterbacks are the same way. It's, it's running backs. Some teams will carry four or five or – you know they'll play different positions. Quarterback's different, and so it's it's a hard position. If once your quarterback's a free agent, you have to assume they're gone.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Quarterbacks, goaltenders, a lot of similarities there. But uh, we'll talk more about this. Of course, uh, we got months, probably weeks and months to discuss this. I don't think the, there's going to be any puff of white smoke at uh, you know over at the Bucks uh, Advent Healthcare Center or anything. I think they're going to probably keep their cards to their vest, and then we'll go into the next time we'll have a chance to talk to Jason Light or Bruce Arians. About a subject like this and they'll be very vague then too will be probably the uh, NFL combine in February uh, and probably take it all the way up to free agency sometime in March so that's that's really when you're going to find out when the deadline the deadline for using the franchise tag if they don't have them signed by then and they don't use the franchise tag on Shaq Barrett or someone else will know sometime in March so something to keep an eye on we'll discuss a lot of it here on the podcast all right, we got the big championship weekend in the NFL. Not my favorite weekend. That was last weekend, but I like the championships too. I mean, look, this is so much on the line, right? When you get to this game, um, you can, you know, really feel yourself in the Super Bowl. Uh, so it's going to be great football. the uh, The first game, uh, of course, is going to be uh, the Titans at Kansas City. And, Steve, I, I, on paper, I don't know how you look at this, and I haven't looked at the point spread. I'm sure Kansas City is a uh, probably a pretty good favorite. But to be honest with you, you know, everybody's like, well, can the Titans stop the Chiefs? Yeah, of course they can. <laughs> I mean, uh, did you not watch the last two weeks? I mean, this team went into New England and, and you know, stopped the GOAT, and granted, it wasn't a great New England offense or anything, but they did stop that runaway train that Lamar Jackson had going in Baltimore and I'm sorry but I I didn't see that coming. I think that maybe the Ravens would like to have a redo of that and 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 maybe stick with the running game a little bit and certainly they didn't want to turn it over as much as they did and make some fourth downs and maybe it's a different outcome, but the Titans are for real. And you know, obviously the key to the whole thing has been Derrick Henry and the way he's been, you know, churning out the yards. I mean, he's had just over his last – this is incredible. Over his last eight games, including playoffs, he has 1,273 yards in eight games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's like you got to go back to Adrian Peterson range and, you know, to find something like that. So he's really – I mean, he's carried the offense. I mean, they're they're rushing for 188 and a half yards a game. I, I don't know if that Chiefs defense is going to be able to slow that down, but obviously if you can run the football like that, you can – Keep that offense of Patrick Mahomes, you know, off the field. Now, the the key is going to be, you know, what happens if if Kansas City is able to slow down or stop Derrick Henry early. Um, you know, can Ryan Tannehill get it done in the passing game? I mean, he's averaged only seventy-seven yards a game so far in passing in the playoffs. But I've seen Tannehill throw the football, and I think he's capable. Um, you know, the play action will still be there. Even if they're even if they're not running uh, with as much success as they have so far in the playoffs, because those linebackers have to come up, you know, come downhill. They have to honor the run fake. Uh, so I think he's going to have some opportunities to make some plays. But um, this is going to be a, a really interesting game. I mean, I, I I I think Kansas City, which you know that that passing game, um, you know, don't forget this too. I, I think you got to remember it, it was a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, in fact. Um, but Tennessee managed to beat Kansas City in week 10. And it was a it was a great game I mean, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, you know back and forth it was 35-32 um, and it was at home. It was in Tennessee. So that's that's a big difference, right? Um, but Tannehill in that game was was able to do some stuff. Now Mahomes even you know still had 444 6 yards passing um, and Andy Reid's you know, offense was you know was up and down the field um, but you still got to credit you know the titans for being able to score that many points and uh it's it's this is going to be this is a game that i think look here's what i predict one of these home teams are going to lose right i mean that just the odds are that one of them are probably going to lose which one do you have the most confidence in winning at home
1: i have the chiefs with the most confidence winning at home do you yeah okay i
0: mm-hmm. i if
1: i'm going to go on the road i'll take Aaron Rodgers okay you know, it's not bad. That's to, not bad to say to, yeah. to win on the road. Uh, the, the one thing that impressed me about the Titans in that thirty-five thirty-two win was that they mm-hmm. were trailing going in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs.
0: They were, they were,
1: and it was a tight game. I think it was what twenty-two twenty or something like that going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, it
0: never got out of hand. Yeah, right.
1: But you know, it wasn't like they had a big lead and then held on or anything. Uh, you know, and they didn't play from behind. us although Kansas City got up early, uh, it he was tied at the half, the thirteen thirteen. So. <laughs> You wrote off the Titans last week. Uh, You know, there was a lot that had them beating the Patriots, but no one had them beating the Ravens. Right. And you sit there going, well, how – you know, there's no way to stop Lamar Jackson. Well, they did. Now, there's some more familiarity with the Chiefs because they played earlier this year in that. And and Mahomes had a big day, although the Titans were able to win. Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: still think in Arrowhead in the playoffs, I still – I, I just think that that Kansas City's that offense is too dynamic right now. I just I don't. I mean, I think the Titans will slow them down some. I don't think you're going to see mm-hmm. them do what they did to te- the Texans after they got down twenty four nothing. But yeah, I, I just I I'll, I'll take Kansas City in this game. If I'm going to take a road team, I'm taking Green Bay.
0: Yeah, they they're, they're going to have to play a light a lot tighter coverage. The problem with playing Kansas City is that if you sit back in a zone to try to keep these you know Tyree killing those guys from mm-hmm. beating you over the top. Mahomes will shred you if he has even like there's some next gen stats that if he has even three yards of separation, he'll carve you up. Most a lot of NFL quarterbacks will. So what that does is it makes you it forces you to play man to man. And there's some really bad matchups. And so, you know, you, you have to really be uh, careful to try to keep these guys in front of you. But, you know, he was he was bombing away, um, you know, when they played the last time he had uh, you know Tyree kill went off for one hundred fifty seven yards. And he had, like, 11 catches. So, um, you know, there is a pick your poison sort of, you know, and then, then you want to double those guys and Travis Kelsey hurts you, right, underneath on one-on-one. So they, you're right. Andy Reid's got it going. Look, they came back from, what, 20 – was it 24 to nothing? 24 to nothing, yep. Um, and, and they didn't bat an eye. They didn't blink. So that tells me that this team is a little special. I think Mahomes is special. Uh, his attitude when things were going bad – was unbelievable. Like he, he had so much confidence. He told those guys he kept their heads up. They were dropping third down balls that they normally would catch, and it, it, they were hurting themselves, you know. And of course, the fumbled punts and things like that. And he was on that sideline saying, you know, we got this. You know, we're good. We're we're you know, let's just play the game. Just play the play our game. You know, uh, don't try to do too much. And he, he really got those guys back in it. And, I mean, what did he throw, four touchdown passes in a quarter? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they were – I mean, the halftime with the lead. I mean, it was just it was. – I've never seen anything like it. So I do like Kansas City, but I'm telling you, I will not – it will not – nothing will surprise me uh, because of what the Titans have already done. They have slayed a couple of dragons, and uh, I'm telling you um, – that that team was left for dead, and even Mike Vrabel said, "He said, look, we were two and four, we were a terrible team," and he made the switch to Tannehill, uh, and then slowly but surely they kind of found they found their their way. They were going to win, and and they're going to win running the ball downhill. That offensive line has gotten healthier. Those guys are dominant, and uh, it's fun to watch them in the run game. So, uh, I like the clash of styles. Uh, I, I like that uh, these teams played a very competitive game earlier this year. But uh, I'm with you. If you if you put my mortgage on it, I'm still taking the Chiefs, and I'm happy for Andy Reid to get back to a Super Bowl, and uh, I think that would be that would be great for him. And he's still looking for that first title. Uh, the the game that 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 even excites me more than that one is the Packers at San Francisco, and you know the the, the Packers haven't lost since they played the 49ers, and, and it was only Week 12. It wasn't that long ago. Of course, uh, San Francisco blasted them. They couldn't handle what San Francisco had up front on defense the you know the DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead and Joy Bosa and D Ford, who didn't even play in that game when they played in week twelve. Um, you know the the Packers had an offensive line, I think Beluga got hurt in that game, um, but they had a lot of a lot of stunts and twists, and they just weren't prepared. They put so much heat on Aaron Rodgers uh, that they they really dominated that game defensively. And the noise was a factor. But you know what? There's, there's something to be said for the fact that they have now they've faced that in San Francisco. They faced the noise. They felt these guys on the grass, right? They know what's coming. And I think it's a lot easier to play when you've actually been on the field with these guys. It doesn't mean you're going to win, um, but it means you're better prepared, right? And, and so I think this time they'll be better prepared for some of the things that San Francisco was able to do. And I think that, you know, Aaron Jones uh, it has to be a, a bigger part of the equation. He's had such a great year. They have to be committed to running the football. And I think Devontae Adams is going to be a big part of this game, uh, as he's been with the Packers throughout the playoffs and pretty much all year. Uh, you can make plays on the Packers' defensive backs. You really can. They're going to play, you know, a, a lot of matchups, a lot of man-to-man. They rely on that, that defensive line to get after the quarterback. Um, you know, and for the most part they usually don't shadow people. It'd be interesting to see if they put Adams uh, if they put Richard Sherman on Adams no matter where he goes, but usually Sherman stays on the right side. He could match up. Um, but you got to go after Richard Sherman. You know, he he's he's still an, an unbelievable guy, a cover guy with the length that he has and his anticipation, but he is sort of like a press bail guy, right? Like he he's not going to let you get over top of him. So, um, you can definitely complete balls on him. And, you know, it it's just depends on what they do. If they get the third down, whether they're going to double some people or what. But I, I think that Aaron Rodgers has a chance to make some plays on uh, on those corners. And they may have to do it a different way. They may have to use some bubble screens and things like that and move some guys around. But this is going to be a different Packers effort. They're going to be in this game. Steve, I, this game could be high scoring, not, not real high scoring, but... Higher than you might think, and, and I think that the, the 49ers offense is going to have to score some points in this one
1: yeah no I, I think jimmy G's going to you know he can't he can't just manage the game he's going to have to make some plays in this game, you know ironically, yeah. you, you know you think about this, and maybe it 's because of the prior matchups the Titans beating the chiefs, and the Packers mm-hmm. got rolled by the Niners. but that's there's right. a, there's a bigger spread on this game than the chiefs Titans game
0: that's crazy it's right?
1: seven and a half in this game san francisco's favored uh, the, the chiefs are favored by seven. I mean, it's they're comparable, but on the surface, you wouldn't think that that mm-hmm. that the spreads are you know kind of the same or even you know San Francisco's is bigger because I, I I think I think you're right. I think Green Bay having lost there, I think they changed some stuff after that game and they haven't lost since. Mm-hmm. I think Aaron Rodgers' playoff experience. Now, be curious what kind of game and how Lafleur manages it right with the super bowl on the line i mean you know you always look at that coach quarterback combination and absolutely who you absolutely i'd like kyle shanahan with aaron Rodgers. yeah you know and it, so it's, it's split you don't have one I
0: mean, you know, kyle shanahan with, with and yeah, yeah you like you like their yeah. quarterback and and the other coach
1: yeah yeah so it's you know mm-hmm. um you know how how will jimmy g play with the super bowl on the line and how will matt lafleur call the game i think is going to be a big part of this game you know, you yeah, you know the
0: ma- the, the matchup in, in coaching is interesting, but you know what it really is? It's Shanahan who calls the plays against Mike Pettin, and mm-hmm. they work together. And so I think Shanahan I, I, they they know each other obviously, but I think Shanahan has a little bit of uh, of the upper hand on Pettin. Um, you know, he mm-hmm. thrives on drawing up some big plays and, and getting some of their uh, you know getting some of their players in re- really tough matchups. He did some interesting things with Kittle. Um, you know, and he understands what what is his coverages are and his tendencies are. So there's got to be some self scouting on the other side. But, um, but you're right. I, it, it, as far as confidence ratings go, you would you would definitely like Rodgers over Garoppolo in this situation, simply because Aaron's won a Super Bowl. He's been in the NFC Championship games before. This is Garoppolo's first, uh, and yet I, I do like Shanahan over the rookie coach. But let's not forget he's 14 and three. <laughs> so oh, he might be it. the you know, he might be the best coach in the league right now. Uh,
1: he might be. I mean, you know, I mean, who who at the beginning of the year thought they were going to go 14 and 3 and take oh, the number 2 seed? Oh my gosh.
0: Side? Unbelievable, you know. Yeah, they've
1: and, had an unbelievable year. And you probably didn't predict the Niners to be the one seed either. So, I mean, both no, these teams. No. Uh, you know, we thought the Niners would be good cuz Garoppolo was coming back. I mean, he was hurt last right. year, so they, you know, last year was kind sure. of run off, but nobody right. thought either one of these two teams I think would be this good as far as the yeah. season went. So, uh, that's well, the, uh, that's year, the matchup I'm more excited to see. I mean, I, I you know me too. if the Titans can hang in there, I think if the Titans are getting down. I think it's it could be ugly because mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. you know if if, if they're relying on, on Tannehill to bring them back, I just that's don't, not their game. Yeah, that's, that's not their game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if they can withstand the initial surge and, and and get a lead or just hang in there with the game, keep it close, then mm-hmm. it'll be good. But I, I'm I'm looking forward to the, the San Francisco Green Bay game.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's going to be a great one. And, uh, and look, if it goes the way I think it will, and it never does, because I just told you I think one of these home teams will lose. It would be San Francisco um, against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, which would be an interesting matchup. Or you could have, in the 100th year anniversary of the NFL, you could have a flashback to Super Bowl One. Mm-hmm. Where you have maybe Kansas City and Green Bay, yep, that would be an interesting combination. So, and of course, we're we're like I said, don't don't you can't write off anybody. You know, it reminds me of a little bit too, uh, and and maybe not. You know, the score wasn't as lopsided, but I'll never forget. You know, when the Bucks won the Super Bowl, they benefited from having played at Philadelphia and lost handily up there that season. Remember, mm-hmm. Philadelphia is where the season always went to die, right? I mean, Tony yep. Dungy lost up there a couple of years, got fired. After a playoff loss, barely scored a touchdown, a, a game when they played him in the postseason, um, and so the offense was always the thing. And then John played him in 2002 during the regular season, and they got they got throttled. That was a good Philadelphia, uh, Philly, good Philadelphia Eagles uh, football team uh, had a really good defense under Jim Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, and and, and I think it was, uh, you know, towards the end of that game, even though they lost, Gruden had figured out something, and what he figured out was. That if he spread the field with three wide receivers and um, and a tight end, uh, they would be forced to play nickel and they'd have to take Jeremiah Trotter off the field they'd have to take some of their better linebackers. but the ones they had left were not good cover guys they were the, they 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 played with a heavier linebacker you know they were more like two forty 240, two forty five that kind of thing. And so all he did was spread the field and run a bunch of shallow crossing routes with Joe Jurevicius, with Keyshawn Johnson, and Keenan McCardell, and they could not. They forced those linebackers to try to cover them, or they'd have to bring in a smaller nickelback, and then he was able to run the football uh, against the smaller uh, front seven. So John had figured something out in that game and knew and kept it in his back pocket and knew that he felt like they had them if they were ever to see them again, and so you know, you never know what what lessons you learn um, having, like I said, been on the grass, played in a game. Uh, you know, most of the time, the team that wins isn't. What are they going to do? The same thing they did the last time, right? You know, why would you change a lot um, because of what you did was successful? The other team's going to make adjustments and and learn some things through losing. So um, I think you'll see, you know, you'll see those teams that lost those games um, you know, have something in their back pockets that, uh, that they'll take with them when they're back on the grass with them. So should be a great weekend, uh, an exciting weekend of NFL football. And then it's on to Super Bowl uh, 54 after the pro bowl. Of course, we can't forget that in Orlando, uh, a week from now. So that's coming up with Shaq Barrett will be over there. I haven't heard about Chris Godwin. I know Mike Evans is out of that game. Um, I think he was replaced by Amari Cooper, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, yeah, that's uh, we've only been down to one, two, three, four football games in the uh, entire fall. All right, so big NFL weekend, but then we also have the Lightning at Winnipeg as a uh, wrap up that back to back there and, and try to uh, keep keep their uh, good play alive. Um, Enjoy the then- game; it's the
1: last time you'll see them play for like ten days. So.
0: They have a brutal uh, West Coast swing coming up, right?
1: Yeah. So they uh, for the next week they're on their bye. Then they get the All Star break next weekend. They're back on the twenty seventh. They're at Dallas, and then they make the California swing. I don't remember the order, but L A., Anaheim, San Jose.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough road for them. But they're playing well, and hopefully they can keep that going before they get, uh, you know, before they get to the All Star break. I think you said the other day they had the fifth or sixth best record. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. In, in the NHL, hey, look, right? look, they're they're wrapping up
1: their you know, um, and we're taping this before Thursday night's game, but they're wrapping up Correct. thirteen games or thirteen games in twenty one days. Mm. They're ten and one going into the <laughs> Not final <bad>. two. <laughs> Not so bad. even even if they lose at Minnesota and Winnipeg, they went ten and three yeah. Yeah. In, in a thirteen game stretch in twenty one days with four well, back to backs in there.
0: Yeah, sign me up for that. That's tremendous. That. And if they if yeah. they win one or two of the games in Minnesota Winnipeg, even better. It's ridiculous, yeah, for sure. So we'll follow lightning. Okay. Well, we uh, appreciate you guys listening each and every day. Hey, folks, uh, just remember now, if your electric bill is like mine, and uh, you know it's been hot, I know it's going to cool off maybe uh, by the weekend, but uh, then you're going to turn the heat on. Uh, call my friends at May Electric Solar. They're going to save you ninety to ninety five percent off your electric bill if you just give these folks a call. They've been in the area for uh, a long time. They have a great reputation, of course, uh, among all the solar companies and. That's who you want to deal with is is May Electric Solar. So stop the insanity of these out-of-control electric bills and start saving now. Call our friends at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. That's 727-819-2862. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody.